Griffin, I think I think this might be an intervention. You might have a handheld problem. Uh, I don't think that that's true. Let's, let's like... talk through what exactly okay. happened. You went and you purchased a uh, you know retro handheld device yeah. that you really, really liked. It didn't work good, though, so I had to get another one. Right. And then I did get a third one <laughs> of a different form factor. But the and, form factor is different. Right. It's just vertical instead of horizontal. But they play the same to, games. I love to, I was, But let me talk. My childhood <laughs> was difficult. Yeah. And Griffin had a difficult childhood. I had a difficult childhood. And you know who was there for me? My friend, Donkey Kong, the strong <laughs> ape. And um, his friend and enemy, sometimes Mario, who jumps. And... Gunstar Heroes. And mm. so I need these retro handhelds, Russ, when I'm going through a tough time in my life because I'm not sleeping and I'm covered in piss and shit all day long, <laughs> is I spend money on tech sure. to help myself feel better. And does it work? No. But <laughs> what else am I going to do? Try, what, am I, what, what do I try else? You hard feel, drugs? You want you me to do like hard drugs, Russ? you ever close enough friends with Mario to call him Jumpman? Um, he doesn't like that. Yeah, that's not his name. His name's Mario Mario. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Do you like when I call you glasses guy? Glasses games journalist guy? No. Your name's Chris. <laughs> that would describe like half of the people who work in my profession. Yeah. Yeah. It also would I'm describe, a podcaster. Nobody calls me talk boy. It would, call, it would describe everybody on this telephone call <laughs> presently. But um, yeah, thanks for putting me on blast, Russ. Sorry. It's fine. Great, a great energy. A great energy. <laughs> Time for a great show. <laughs> Better watch out. I'm gonna give my friend Donkey Kong the strong ape to come kick your your little hiney. <laughs> My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Griffin McElroy, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and I know the best scares of the week. My name is Ross Frost, and I know the best game of the week. Hello, and welcome to the Besties, where we talk about the latest and greatest in home interactive entertainment. It is a video game club, and just by listening, my friend, you are a member. Every week we look at a new game or some old games. We really run the gamut here anymore because nobody's making games anymore. Thanks a lot, C-19, as my daughter calls it. <laughs> uh, but hey, we got a big one this week. A big new release. R- Resident Evil Village. <laughs> I'm trying to combine 8 and Village because it is Resident Evil 8, uh-huh. but it's Resident Evil 8. <sighs> Well, they chopped the fucking L to get the it's a, the Roman numeral in there. And so, like, the bottom part of an L is not a pronounceable letter mm-hmm. character it's like an at all. Yes, it's, it is. It's, it's, the, it's the eighth Resident Evil game. So let me give you the, the history of the franchise. Ready? They did four that were fine, and the fifth and sixth ones were bad, and then the seventh one was good, and it was in first person. And the, so they did that again. And so this. they did that again. This is the second one of the that sort of arc or movement it's, of the Resident Evil franchise. Chris Plant, what what exactly is this game in particular? This game is a sequel to Resident Evil 7. It's a first-person shooter, and there are some scary bits, but there are also some not scary bits, and it rules. And we're going to talk about Resident Evil 8 Village. 
You go get a phone. You just want a phone. Talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details. And all of a sudden, they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. They're wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. So this one is, we're going to break this up. We should mention right up at the top. We're going to be going spoiler free. The first half. Then I'm spoiler. And I'm going to leave. Griffin's going to leave because he hasn't played enough of it. He doesn't <laughs> want spoilies. And then we're going to talk uh, up until the second boss fight. Boss. I was doing a little uh, streaming uh, on my uh, on on using that old Backbone One controller through my phone, doing a little Steam Link uh, play, which for Resident Evil I've found is it works well enough. Uh, But my four year old son Henry saw something on my phone that Uh mm, he may have seen a a hand get cut off in a way where he's like, "Hey, what's that?" And I was like, "Nothing." Look at the TV. Watch your watch the fixies. Watch your fizzy toy show, baby. Do not look at the gore. <laughs> so I fucked that up pretty bad. That was uh yeah. In in my in my defense though, this game is half getting your hand cut off. Yeah, there's it's, a lot. It, of that. It's tough to it's tough to find a segment of this of the video game footage to show your four year old son where you're not being <laughs> dehanditated. So it almost makes you wonder why are you showing them? I wasn't for this <laughs> at all. Him. He was, I was sitting next to him on my on my on the couch streaming on the old phone. He caught a glimpse of something he shouldn't have seen. For people who haven't played the game yet, or I guess haven't played the modern Resident Evil series, the way this works is there's a man named Ethan and his. Girlfriend or partner? Well, now now wife. wife. I don't know what now wife now wife. In the last game, she uh, disappeared. He went to the house of uh, a southern family who had been infected with mold of some sort, turned Mm -hmm. them into monsters, killed them all, uh, and then realized, uh oh, the Umbrella Corporation, famous from the Resident Evil films, is somehow maybe tied to this. (laughs) And Um, and let me say, as somebody who experienced. Truly catastrophic water damage earlier this year during the, the ice storms in Texas. Mold is not something to fuck around mm-hmm. with. Scary. It will, it's scarier than zombies. Yeah. Also, if you've watched really any bad. House MD, you know yep. it's mold. always, almost it's, always mold. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, never lupus, always mold. I think what's uh, if you did not play seven. Uh, as Justin alluded to earlier, it was a backpedaling from five and six, which were much more action-oriented, 
blockbuster, big, beefy bros, like just, you know, blowing up zombie helicopters and doing all kinds of wild shit. And then Seven was a much more intimate experience inside of a scary, like, southern manor. Uh, I mean, it was scary. It was like like very few weapons for most of it. I, I, I say this with the caveat being I was literally too scared to play that game. Yeah. I played the demo. It was too scary for me because too much of that is you're in a dark house and all you've got is like a little puny whatever knife or yeah. something. And I was like, nope, mannequins are moving. Can't do it. So right. I, I went into this very cautious because I was like, am I going to actually be able to play this new fancy Resident Evil game? And I can confirm that indeed I can. This game is not very scary. So Although it is fun. Resident so. Evil 7 is actually only scary for the first maybe two or three hours. Too scary. Yeah. I know. But then after that, it like turns into Saw. Like there's like yeah. a, a, there's an entire like stage where the brother of the family is like, "Welcome to my trap chamber, bro." And you're like, "Yeah, hey, I don't yeah, want to play that what? either, though." That's not no, for it's, me. Oh it, no, it's it's, it's it gets it's it, so it, Resident Evil Seven gets like very campy. Sure, like the 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 fights, yeah. the the boss fights especially. I mean, the designs of like the the creatures or whatever is are you know universally terrifying. But like the characters in that game are so over the top mm. caricatures that it's it, it it becomes like a campy action or, or, or campy horror movie sure. which worked like resident evil 7 was a tremendous success because of that resident evil 8 doesn't even give you those first few scary hours yeah, resident right. evil 8 is a fucking circus from the jump yeah what is what i love about 7 and 8 that i think uh, is is the the huge vast improvement over the 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 games previous to this, even the first the first trilogy, which are were pretty good. Um, it is relentlessly creative in the sense that it is always giving you something new to do. They, they, it's a bit right, and you're doing a bit, and it's like a new thing that you're experiencing, and it is not that grind of like, well, now I got to run back to this hallway, and there'll probably be some more dogs there, right? And now I got to run back over here to get the thing. There, are, there are still like, you know, get the bishop key and put it in the bishop yeah. lock. Oh my god! But like, uh, there, th- this is much more about like seven, and I would say even more so in eight about like scenes and beats yeah. and like this yeah. is the bit where you are doing this and it's like you know how everybody references that one thing in Resident Evil where the dogs jump through the window mm-hmm. yeah. because it was like a concrete thing that happened like this is one of the scary things event. that happens in right. this this 7 and 8 are like just loaded with those yeah i sorry i just, I just want to set up how 8 works too since yeah. we've kind of established 7 yeah please it, yeah 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 so the beginning is that Ethan and his uh now wife have had a child Named Rose, very young, uh, very strangely portrayed uh, visually in the game, um, and uh, through a never a, been a good video game, baby. Th- the streak continues. Okay, so uh, through a series of events, um, Ethan has to go to what I I assume is Eastern Europe, and he now instead of the kind of like southern family monsters, it's a family ish of fairy tale monsters, uh, and this is uh, my my kind of big. Th- theory of what resident evil is doing right now is i think it's a horror anthology now yes i think it's Mm. last the last game was like texas chainsaw massacre southern horror inspired now we're getting this like very very clearly fairy tale fairy tale eastern europe inspired i hope 
game to game now, they're going to start doing this. Where like the next game, we might get like 1990s Japanese horror, or we might get you know uh, 1970s American slasher campus horror. Um, yeah, that would be a great way to kind of do what Justin's talking about of keeping this fresh rather than the mistake that they did with the original series, which is, well, we're just going to kind of make the game over and over again and just keep upping the ante. Yeah. And then that just always leads to like, you're fighting somebody in a volcano punching and, rocks. And building on mythology. In the first ones, it was like, I hope you really are deep in the Resident Evil slash Umbrella Corporation lore because we're going to be like, yeah. it is constantly referred to and characters are going to show up where you're supposed to have some reaction to them, yeah. you know, uh, which you may not have. And this is very like, it feels much more self-contained. Yeah, like I, this is exactly what is happening in this in this. There story. is a very funny. I will say. So you so you arrive in this village and, and there's like this aspect of you exploring and then you meet some survivors, and I'm like bracing myself. I'm like, okay, I need to like, oh, that guy is like paranoid and he's not really into what's going on. And that girl, she's uh, you know worried about uh, other people dying and her dad. And I'm like, okay, I gotta keep. Tra- oh no, I actually don't because everyone you meet is dying. <laughs> Literally five seconds later, is, they're just dead. Even, there's a line of dialogue where he says, how come everyone keeps dying? And I want to reach into the game and be like, it's Resident Evil, baby. That's how they do. But they never, like, they spent so much time and effort actually, like, doing clearly motion capture and, like, setting up these characters. And nope, total no, waste of time. Fodder. 30 seconds later, It's a good stake raising, though. I think it I think it helps to humanize, like, the, anyway, the, 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 uh, what I think is, is mechanically pretty cool about this mm. entry is that you are um, – it's got like a great like ugh, video gamey structure, yeah. right? The village is very much a hub world where you're going through and like there's stuff you can't unlock yet and you got to find this key and you can't do this because you can't raise wells yet or whatever. Uh, and you are venturing off – of the of the hub into domains sort of overseen by different big bads. If you've seen Lady Dimitrescu, Dimitrescu, I almost said Fortescue. Lady Dimitrescu, she's like the the first of these like big bads that you have to go in and and uh, you know give them the old <laughs> give them the, <laughs> chin, the old chin, chin music, music. <laughs> <laughs> and then you make your way after that I don't think you that. could give I don't think you could give her chin music she's, she's very nine tall. and a half feet tall no you yeah. you need a step ladder to give her chin music uh, but you make your way back to the hub world after that it's constantly bringing you back into this environment that feels like familiar and it's a very nice um, ebb and flow I think between the you know, a, a, a lot of horror games do this thing where they're constantly pushing you into new environments and new scares, and you don't have that second to just mm-hmm. be like, okay, it's okay right now, and I'm venturing away from this place where I feel safer. Um, and that's really cool because you go back and it does feel like a second to like very satisfying video game sense of like, let me sell all my treasure. Let me upgrade my guns. Yeah. Okay, I'm ready for the next thing. And then you go out into the – you make the choice like, okay – I'm going into this very scary place and I don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to be uh, 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 completely unfamiliar. So I, I will also say to that point, you mentioned selling all your treasure and upgrading your guns. That is back from Resident Evil 4, which I think like I love Resident Evil 4 and I think a lot of people see as the magnum opus of the series. But it is also where the series started to get way more action oriented because that's where you get sure. the, the merchant and you get the auto shotgun and like all of this different shit. And that is more or less back here in eight and 
Also, back here in 8, I think, is a much bigger emphasis on combat. Um, I, I have just finished the first sort of set piece that, that Justin alluded to. And when I got back to the hub world, it was a fucking brawl. Like, it was it was a full-blown, like, shootout uh in a in a in a to to a degree that seven just never really did yeah and seven maybe one maybe two like uh fodder enemies would come at you at a time and they were pretty tough to kill in this one like four five like yeah i filled a little house full of them and then i threw a stick of dynamite or whatever it was yeah and just like and you blow them up and you get their treasure to sell it and it's i'm not saying it's bad but it is like uh different i it's different. It's not. It, it's it's wild because the the opposite is what they did in seven, and that's what people love so much about seven. It's what I loved about seven, and I'm yeah. It's it's what's cool is it's still scary. It's just a different balance, right? Like what I really enjoy about this one that I I hate in games where you have a gun. I hate when every bullet that you miss feels like I should just restart. Yeah. Like I've only got six bullets. I should just restart this whole game and delete my save and start over because and this one like pretty generous with with the ammo and like it is very much like hey you got six guys on you you should probably start shooting them like and don't wait and save your shotgun ammo for the end of the game like it's not that hard to find more or make more just start shooting people because you're in a pretty sticky scenario um and they pop up and like and it feels like you're encouraged to if you miss a few bullets like the enemies do that terrible resident evil thing where they're shambling until the exact moment you're about to fire and then they're like juke out of the way (laughs) but it doesn't feel like catastrophic it just feels like okay well let me you know keep keep peppering them with bullets because i can find more or make more pretty easily can we talk about just environment design because holy shit that castle in particular yeah is like outrageously incredible i like i will be honest i think it might be the best looking game ever made I'm, i'm sorry i think it might be the best looking game ever made I think it might be the best looking game like of memory. Like I can't like the, a lot of the, the um, <laughs> environments and characters look almost photorealistic. Yeah, I creepy. mean, if you're watching a trailer for this game, like it, uh, it almost is in that boundary. Where like, is this filmed? Like it looks filmed and everything is so like lushly decorated. Yeah, and, sure. And gorgeous. Because I, I played it and it. It often looked like smears of uh, runny paint. But I was playing on Stadia, so uh, <laughs> might be <laughs> what a great reveal. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that later. Uh, that was the Stadia version. Just says "Welcome, Chris Plant," <laughs> and it, it's all very Chris Plant specific. His pictures are because he's the only person on the you planet know, playing. Credit it on to how good the game is because I this is no joke. Uh, lost about three or four hours just getting it to work. Um, but once I got it to work, I am, I am determined to play through this whole game because it's so good. I yeah. will, I will suffer whatever headaches I have. I do, I do want to mention though, I was a little bit disappointed that, and I don't, I, I mean, I don't know how worried people are spoilers. The castle is really presented and like Lady D has been like all over their marketing materials as like the game. Like there's a village and then there's a castle. Suffice to say the castle is not most of the game it's no, really just it's like not, the yeah. first act of the game and i was a yeah. little bit disappointed just because like how incredibly cool and interesting that environment was to just sort of like leave it behind i was kind yeah. of bummed but it is in capcom's in cool. capcom's defense i don't know that they i don't know that they could have predicted that twitter would see lady dimitrescu and say like i want her to stand on my throat until really? i die have with you seen the twitter boner. 
Yeah, I, I don't. I, I feel like I, I felt feel like so happy while I was playing that ge- that with this giant. There's a all you'll want to be is someone who gets to see a giant woman, and this giant woman will chase you to the house. And I was so happy playing this, thinking that there's going to be a segment, and not a huge segment, but there's going to be a segment of this audience who it is just. 100% their shit, you know, in a sexual way that is so deep and pleasurable for them that they would have never dreamed in a million years this level of photorealism bringing their kink to life. And I was so thrilled for them <laughs> because that just must be the, the best that you go in for a scary game and it's a sexual fantasia. <laughs> I mean, come on. That's got to be the biggest thrill in the world. I was so pleased for them. Like, even during it, it was like, this isn't my thing, but it's somebody's thing. And they almost seem to be fully aware that it's somebody's yeah. thing because they are leaning into it in a, in a major way. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, fresh. Congratulations, build- by the way. To- <laughs> Building off what you said, Anne Griffin said, what I really dig about what Capcom is doing right now is they're they're making things and just like throwing them out. That like they made Resident Evil Seven and they're like that was a good, interesting mix of formula. We're going to do it different this time. We're not just going to keep serving the same hamburger. And like this game, and again, we'll talk about this in the second half, about every hour and a half, it's like, I'm glad you enjoyed the game that we just gave you. I'm going to give you a new game now. Right. It's like, great. I'm on board. Um, I think we're about to probably move into that second half, which I will not be here for because I have to go uh, tend to to my my, uh, spawn. But I do want to say my one sort of uh, qualm with the game is the puzzles are very like... There's always a note right next to the puzzle that's like press the red button and then the blue button and turn the witch statue. You and want it's like, harder oh, puzzles? Thank you. No, no, I don't want harder puzzles, but I just want like a puzzle. Literally, there's one where there's like a, a safe with a combination lock on it. <laughs> and I, I was like, oh, okay, so I have to find the combination for this. And then I found a note that literally said, look out the window. I was like, oh, okay. And I looked out the window, and when you look out the window, you can see the numbers that are the combination lock. Yeah, but code. only like, if you line up the window properly. That was kind of cute. It's not a fun... Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It was like the puzzle in the game. For you to play the next part of the game. Okay. Uh, we, we, we can... We'll, uh, we'll bring it up briefly next episode to hear what your thoughts are, because I, I'm i very yeah. curious what you think of it. Okay. You're too I'm smart excited. for this game, Griffin. Too That's damn smart. <laughs> All right, well, have fun talking about the rest of the, guy, the guys. I hope, does Wesker just, okay, blink twice if Wesker shows up. Uh, uh, I'm not going to say who blinked and winked. Um, thanks, Griff. Uh, and thanks to you for listening. We'll be back. Uh, in a second. Uh, in just a second to talk about the second <laughs> half. This episode of The Best of These is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so... You know, there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, 
everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track, especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want, get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties rocketmoney.com slash besties now it's time for resident evil after dark <laughs> where we talk about all those dirty spoilers from the first half of the game we won't be spoiled i haven't played beyond that um so up to the second boss uh half yeah just uh, the second, second, half, like, just second boss fight i'll be more specific basically there's the castle is the first area and then there's you go back to the village and then there's an area after the castle we're going to be talking through that second area and then stopping at the end of that second area so if you don't want to hear about the end of the game don't worry the dollhouse we're talking about the dollhouse the dollhouse the dollhouse okay can i set something yeah, up thematic i want to return right back to what plant was talking okay. about plant was talking about then we edited it and now i'm referring to something that no one heard but I want to talk about the setup for this game a little bit. Uh, I, I have been talking with Russ about how when people make games, they it or movies or whatever, and they introduce children as part mm-hmm. of it, it is usually very clear if the person in like sort of crafting the story has kids or not, <sighs> because it is it is so evident when someone doesn't know how depraved or horrifying or disturbing something is when it relates to a baby. Yes. Um, and th- this game from the very beginning puts a baby in danger <laughs> and then does some like pretty dank stuff with the baby in question, namely splitting it into different jars. <laughs> um, but then it kind of backtracks on it. The baby's in the jar and you find that out and you think, oh, there are organ baby parts yeah. in, in these jars. And then later it's like, actually, the baby turned into a crystal. 
and it's pieces of like crystal baby. Oh, I didn't really. Which is which is still that. super Regardless. gross. <laughs> yeah, I, and I actually don't know if there are parts of this game that hit me really hard and that were very scary. I, I want to specifically refer to the segment in the dollhouse when you are getting chased by a a a monster that sounds like an actual like babbling baby. I think it's a recording yeah. of like an actual babbling baby that has been processed through some sort of like distortion filter that as a parent, I was like, it it's triggering some biological stuff too of like, you hear a baby crying and it's like your body tenses up and it's like, okay, I have to do something. And it's like leaning into that. And as a parent, I, I, I felt so like, yeah, wow, this is very, very, very intense for me. And I don't know if it, how intentional it is. That like, I don't know if they meant for it to that be like, like somebody would, so terrifying. That seems like someone like, would know exactly the reaction that you would get out yeah, of the parent. Yeah, it feels, it feels that way, yeah. Um, the, I think the second part is really when it shows its hand, which is to say, like, as Plant said in the first half, you know, we got you through the castle, you had a good time, you solved puzzles, you shot bells, everyone had a good time. We're going to give you something completely different. I, you know, again, I didn't play a lot of seven, but like this feels like even more of a drastic change in insofar as it goes from an action game to effectively it is a horror. You've got no weapons. It is a horror puzzle solving game and you're being chased by this creepy baby and it kind it's of just feels an like escape an escape room. the room. Right. Yeah. And yeah, you're not even being of, chased yeah. by the baby. The baby happens at the very end of it. For for most of this this section, it's just a puzzle. It's just a very yeah. large puzzle. But it's um, scary. Where where you are constantly positive it's about to break yes. bad. Yes. Which is great because they've earned it, right? They bought this this environment where like, I don't know, something could jump out and kill you at any moment. And it does not yeah. happen. It's so yeah, they're wild. very smart about it. It actually uh, you know, it's very clear that like in the same way that like Seven, I think, took a lot of inspiration from PT. Um, this also does insofar as you're like traversing a lot of the same hallways, but like different shit is happening each time you go down those hallways. Um, the puzzles again are like, they're interesting puzzles. I don't think they're hard puzzles, um, but the environments both in the castle and in this, this environment are so like, hand, like handcrafted and like believable that it really grounds the experience in what is otherwise yeah. like a pretty ridiculous situation. Um, that makes the scary parts even scarier because it's like, oh, I could see myself being in this environment. Um, yeah. yeah, I, I, I want to. I thought it was puzzles. really, really cool. Yeah, can we just dig into the puzzles really quickly? Sure. I I think the puzzles. I disagree with Griffin about them. By the way, I think they're kind of neat. Yeah. I well, I think the puzzles, especially in this second area, are brilliant. Not in like the oh, brilliant, like wow, what creative puzzle design they they really thought it out, but more that they are balanced perfectly. Because being in this tense, scary setting, the last thing I want to do is pull out my phone and look for a guide. So it needs to feel challenging enough that it's a puzzle, but it can't be a whole lot more challenging than that because it needs to keep me immersed. Mm -hmm. And like, I think there's like a a humility almost in design of being like, okay, we're not going to make this super challenging. We, We know that like... We need to make this flow naturally, but also it can't, like, it still has to be somewhat like an escape room. It still has to have some challenge. I just thought there's, like, a level of, like, design grace in, in that stage that just really struck me uh, as as being inspired. On oh, the boss right they there. They also do a better, 
they also do a better job, I think, of integrating the puzzle into the world. Yeah. Where it always felt so incongruous in most Resident Evil games. I, you know, I joked about like find the bishop's yeah. key and then put it in like, and this this lock is based on chessboards for like no reason <laughs> that thematically is tied to anything really else. Like just chess. like I don't know. This one is like there's you got to get the ace of diamonds and then the other thing and like they're they're really tying the puzzles into the environment in a way that feels much like it still is wild. Why is this? an environment why is this a thing but it is tied to what like for the second area there's this giant doll where you have to roll the eye to see the solution to one of the puzzle and you basically are like dismantling this doll in a way that like feels bad yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be doing like it but it is part of the puzzle yeah, yeah it's bizarre yeah i you know and i think the sound design not not only through this section but also throughout the entire game is really spectacular um, I think if you can play this game with headphones, it definitely makes a huge difference. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's up to you whether you want to play it in a well-lit room like I do, because I'm scared. But uh, I think uh, it is worth it for the audio design alone. And and what's cool, uh, depending on what your plat- platform you're playing on, I played on PS5, and um, any old headphones you just plug into the controller will, will work with the 3D headphone or audio technology. So you can kind of get that pretty cheap, that experience. Yeah, cool. Uh, cool. Justin, there's a thing that you were talking about in the first half about how, it, you know, you can really feel the video gaminess of it, right? Like, it's just mm-hmm. the hub world and everything. And I've really, really appreciated that. Um, the the Lady Dimitrescu, or Lady Dimitrescu, I think is what they call her in the game. I believe um, it's a Polish translation. Yeah. A Polish but that, translation. That, that area, it it's supposed to feel open, but it is quite linear if you are actually just doing everything in the right order and it's so nice to play a a big triple a beautiful game that is intentional i i mean as somebody who loves open world games um it it is nice every once in a while to play something that's like oh you really thought out where you want me to go and you were kind of leading me along i feel like i could go anywhere but the truth is there's only one right direction to go and it has like a natural rhythm and a cadence that builds up to I mean, the boss fight, which is just quite large, um, you know, I'm, again, this is spoilery. She turns into a giant demon monster um, and everybody still wants to make love to her. Is <laughs> apparently what I say on, I've seen on Twitter, which also seems fine. Like, you know, I mean. Yeah, no, I, I like that the pacing of it really does lead you along. But I also like the fact that like the game. Uh, here's like a dumb thing that I really appreciated is the game will tell you if you've found everything in a room. So oh, yeah. that like frustration you might have of like, well, I don't think I've searched entirely well. It'll actually like highlight in the map when you open up the map, whether everything has been found in that room. I think there's good and bad in that, right? Like people that are like really obsessed will look in every corner until you find the little glowing orb of treasure but uh, for me, I don't know. I found it nice to be able to like, before I was able to move on from that area or that like the castle, for example, I just like did another pass of all the rooms that I hadn't found everything in just to see if there was anything of note and like found a new puzzle and like a little side area that I hadn't been in before. So I thought like- I, I found that kind of a momentum killer a little bit okay. for me because I am, and this is more about just who I like, I'm not going to move on until I find all the things in sure. the room. And so for me, it was this thing of like, like find an item, bring out the map. Yeah. Nope. 
there's something else here. Okay, let me look around. I found an item. Let me bring up the map. Like it, that really took me out of the immersion. Yeah, maybe that's um, something. That I don't know how you like solve for that, except it's better in the um in the second area because there's no right. items either. Yeah. You know, like you're not getting like health or ammo or anything. So I, I appreciated that because it was like it was a lot more binary. Like, have I gotten everything? Yeah, out here or maybe not? that's something it, that should have showed up in like a new game plus kind of thing. Where yeah, it also tells you map, when there's you just know. nothing in the area. So like, yeah. I did appreciate that in terms of momentum, where it was like, I guess no, this is an area where I can look around and see pretty things. There are also some things that are not displayed um, as like you found them or you didn't found them. There's little goats that are hidden throughout the world that you can like break, and I don't know what they do. Oh, those um, don't count. No, those those do not appear in it. Welcome to hell. <laughs> um, yeah, I I I really dig this game. The other thing um, that I, I've I've found myself doing with this game and just games in general lately is trying to role play them, which maybe sounds silly to people. I, I don't know. Like, and by that I mean like when I played a video game as a kid, naturally I imagined myself in the game. Like I would play, you know, Harvest Moon or whatever super mario and it was like i am here like i am connected in some way to this i feel like i'm having an adventure and then it like as an adult it became like oh i am aware of video game systems i am accomplishing the tasks and almost seeing systems kind of frustrated me because i needed all i needed the game to do a lot of the work for me to make me feel like i was escaping i needed like the the systems to disappear. I had trouble playing Japanese RPGs for this reason. Mm. And more recently, I, I've I've really made an effort to be like when I sit down and play a game to like allow myself to like put myself into the game. And with this game, what I've found is like I try to be the director, if that makes sense. Like there's a sequence where you go across a, a creaky old bridge, and like you could mm. run across it, but like I very intentionally found myself going slow and like kind of panning across and trying to like play my part in making this like a fun scary game in the same way yeah, that when you go through yeah, a haunted yeah. house like you you have to buy in um and like if i have like a piece of advice is again as strange as it sounds it's like these games are best when you really buy into them and you you kind of meet the game halfway it is kind of funny, though. I think I think you can absolutely play that way. And there were moments in the game, especially in the dollhouse where I was playing it that way. But I can't turn off the part of my brain that is like, I know I just got the first pistol. I know they're telling me to upgrade it. It is a oh, waste yeah. of money to upgrade that first pistol. I should not do it. I know there's another pistol coming. So it's hard for me to turn off that, like, dumb gamey uh, part of my brain. But yeah. There also, though, like, I have had no, but this is just like a tip, a gameplay tip. I have, I've had no problems with money. I mean, like, keeping all the, getting all the upgrades that I would want for guns, um, selling the old guns. I fully upgraded the pistol um, and then sold it when I got yeah. the new pistol. You, you got that Ethan like, the YNAB upgrade, right? You have, using, you need a budget? I don't know. I well, don't know what yeah, that that's deep a, that's a little, that's a little plant. <laughs> money bouncing humor. Um, no, I, I, I was worried about that, too. I almost didn't. But I was like, I'd be more. I, my theory is this. If I'm going to be using this gun at all, ammo is going to be at more of a premium than money is. Yeah. So I should make these bullets that I'm spending count. So I'm budgeting my yeah, bullets, it's, bullets it's, by upgrading it's my gun. It's mostly because when I played uh, Resident Evil 4, which continues to be my favorite Resident Evil game ever, like there was the gun. I think it was the Red 9, I think it's called, which is like my favorite gun maybe in any Resident Evil game ever. And I was like, that's all I want is like this old timey, 
like has like a stock for stability, this great pistol. And so I was like just waiting for like the equivalent of that to show up. So again, you don't need to play like my dumb self, like upgrade whatever you want. It's, it's entirely your game and they give you a sniper rifle pretty early yeah, sniper rifles um, and it, it i know it's good it feels bad like i don't like like as soon as they give you a sniper rifle there's a bit where there's like bats yeah. flying around in the sky vampire bats <laughs> flying around the sky and it just felt i i don't want to do that i don't want to do that i'll waste the bullets i'm not good at, this is not my skill yeah. it also basically doesn't I'll, I'll lure them down to the ground and then hit them with an axe or something yeah it doesn't it doesn't really have much of a scope when you get it at first so it's kind of strange that you get it and it's like i don't know aim at the sky you can barely see the things also those goblins or whatever they are yeah, you just wait for them to come at you. You shoot them once with the bullet. They fall to the ground. You pull out your knife, and you just start stabbing. Yeah. And then the goblin friends come over, and they get in the way of the stabby crossfire. They're on the ground. <laughs> I was just now like, they're stabbed. I used maybe one bullet in that entire area just stabbing those things. Yeah, I, I, I um, like that it's not a hard game, though. Like, I, I you know, yeah. I think the games... It's very generous with the health. health like, there's a lot of times ammo. where I thought I was yeah. dead, and then I would get hit, and it's like, I'm not quite dead i have one more chance like please just make yeah, a just, potion justin please the only time that i like replayed a few there were a few sections early on that are like insta fail do this or you're dead moments hmm. and uh but those are very few like j- the normal gameplay like even in boss fights i did not find myself dying a lot i'm sure on higher dif- difficulty levels if you played on like hardcore or whatever it'd be much harder but uh, if you're just looking to have a good time, it actually is incredibly well balanced for that. Yeah, we should have put this spoiler in the non-spoiler section, but there's a part where you are going to be going through, or you've already done this, uh, underground area and a like rolling log covered in spikes comes towards you. And there are two, uh, I don't know, boxes for you to break, but you can't break them. So you run to them, try to break them, doesn't work. Uh, and then you're supposed to turn around and see that there's a little uh, like hole in the wall, and you should go hide in that hole. Now, uh, again, on Stadia, I don't want to beat up Stadia too much here, because I've heard other people have had this problem not using this. I could not distinguish the hole in the wall. So I yeah. had to look at a guide after like replaying this area like five or six times. But I've heard from other people that like even if you have you know that RTX life, that this still is like, not very clear. I died like six or seven times during that okay. sequence just because I didn't okay. know what they wanted me to do. And it was very stupid because you have to listen to this dumb audio file of the guy screaming like American hamburgers every time you die. And so I, yeah, no, I, I thankfully those moments are, are few and far between. I do want to give Plant just like two minutes. Why the hell are you playing on Stadia? Oh, so I, I'm, I'm traveling right now to see family after the pandemic. So I went to Ohio very briefly, and now I'm in California with my in-laws, um, and and I'm actually quarantining right now, even though I, I know the CDC. We're just trying to be extra safe. We have a lot of... I'm not, I don't need to go into it. But I'm here, and I didn't bring a video game console, so I needed to find some way to play this game, and the only solution that I could find was Stadia, and... It was a journey. I won't I won't share every detail of it. I'll probably write about it on polygon.com. Uh, it, it sucked so much. <laughs> but the flip side is once I got the game going, it makes me really excited for a future where I can play whatever I want, wherever I want. It makes me really appreciate Game Pass, which I've been playing its beta recently. And I, I don't know if I can talk too much about it other than like, 
hey, it works. Um, yeah, it, it'll be a great thing once we're there. But, you know, I feel like I've been saying that for 10 years. Yeah. Um, I think it's very close, yeah. but not quite. It's so close. And, and, and again, credit to Stadia here. Resident Evil 8 is playable. Like, yeah. I, I can play the game. It looks like I'm playing it on, like, I don't know, an Xbox One. And, like, every once in a while, it's a little fuzzy. Um, the resolution fluctuates quite a bit. And this is with, a, I think, a pretty good internet connection and using even a Google Wi-Fi, like, setup. And I'm a foot away from it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's not, sadly, not not what it needs to be. That's okay. Thankfully, this is a very good game, and I think we all had a really good time with it. Uh, I've I've beaten it at this point, but I don't want to talk oh, about wow. the second. It's it's not an, a terribly long game, I should say. It's like eight to ten hours maximum. So if you've gotten to the dollhouse, that's about halfway. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I've beaten it. I, I I won't speak to the second half, but um, I I enjoyed it overall. I think it's a lot of fun. Shall we talk about some questions? Yes. Okay. Some questions from our wonderful and brilliant listeners. Um, we don't have Griffin here for one of these questions, so I'm actually going to save the question of is Griffin Ethan Winter's question for one. I don't think it looks like him. Here. People are saying I, that the shot of him looks. I don't think it looks like him. I don't necessarily. Yeah, see I, it. I, I don't. I don't particularly see it, but we can ask him his opinion when he's here. Okay, this one is from uh, Kickasaurus Rex. I've really enjoyed other RE games, but. I'm not a huge fan of first person. Is the game hindered at all by the switch from classic third person? Uh, so do I think this would be, basically to narrow that down, do I think this would be a better game if it was in third person like Resident Evil 4 was? Um, no. I think, I, I mean, if you're not a huge fan of first person, I think that is a hindrance. Like you would probably like it better in third person. I think if you don't personally mind first person games, I think it just feels different. I think it feels a little more um, claustrophobic in first person, a little more um, immersive in first person. It's cool that you can like get right up on like tapestries and stuff like that and really look at the detail in first person. Um, Mm -hmm. But what's interesting is that it feels balanced almost like a third person game because it really starts getting very heavy in the action, which is somewhat tough to do in first person when you're moving around somewhat slowly. Um, I don't think that's a bad thing. It's just, it's just different. Uh, but if you don't dig first person games, my, might not be for you. Uh, okay. Second question. This one's from, uh, Michaela tweeting. How deep into the secrets do you go? Uh, are you a completionist? I recently found a new side area for the treasure hunt quest and geeked out on it a bit. Um, I just found my first like sub area with like the treasure chest and like a mini boss. I was happily surprised. It was not a thing I expected to be in the game. Um, so I, I I personally think it's like a great addition that I don't remember anything quite like that in Resident Evil 7. Yeah, or even in 4. Like, there, there is a lot of like, oh, I'm going to go back through this village and now that I have this key, but actually I need to like use this boat to reach this other area that I haven't been to before. There's like a lot of that. Um, and you can see these treasure chests on the map, so they are really enticing uh, I, I really liked it. I thought it was satisfying and, and smart. I don't think they're like on the level of like, you know, the Tomb Raider puzzles from like the Tomb Raider reboot that were like really thoughtful side puzzles. Uh, they're generally pretty simple, but uh, I liked it. It was a nice touch. 
Uh, and uh, Justin, this is probably one for you. Uh, this is from uh, Patrick. How do y'all feel about the about 10 hours-ish runtime? This is something I'm interested in, but 60 to 70 bucks seems steep for a shortish game. I mean, that's that's tough if if you I mean the money equation is always tough. Like I I I I've been on record since I've been a game journalist for 15 years that like I'd rather a game be something you want to return to repeatedly and never wears out as welcome as just pleasurable from beginning to end rather than spending that money to have my time sort of wasted. I mean, uh, so for sure, like I want it to be as long as it comfortably is. Um, and you have to make that value proposition for yourself. I, I, mean, I do want to add something to this. And I don't think this is a spoiler because it's been in every Resident Evil game basically ever. Um, and this one, especially, uh, the new game plus features in this game are spectacular. They give you so many reasons to run through this game again. And, um, like genuinely, like the minute you beat it, you're like, oh, I want to go through this game again. You know, there's new weapons. They unlock this list of like 70 challenges with like mini achievements, a whole like side currency system. It is like incredibly full featured. So if you're worried about 10 hours, but you feel like you're the sort of person that will like get into that of like replaying sections on higher difficulties with like different gear and stuff, there's plenty of that. So you should know that as well. Yeah, I'm definitely going to play this game again. Is like where I'm at with it right now. It, yeah. it, and you're going to have a lot of opportunities to do that in 2021. I believe mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> have, yeah. there will be some periods where there ain't a lot of new games uh, to, to enjoy. Uh, very quickly, anything else y'all are playing right now? No, I was playing, we're going to talk, I, next week we're doing Subnautica Below Zero. So I've been playing that sort of in the background. Um, but outside of that, it's basically that in Resident Evil. Yeah, I don't think I have, uh, no. Um, still dipping into like Undermine every once in a while, but Point. yeah. other than that, just this. I've, I've, I've been just picking through old movies. I watched Serpico. Oh what, boy. What a great movie, hmm. you know? Yeah, I, Al Pacino. Um, I, he's going to go far. He's a, he's a real talent. <laughs> he's got a career um, ahead of him. Um, I think that's it. Justin, take it away. Yeah, Russ already spoiled it, but next week we're talking about Subnautica Below Zero. So get in there and get some get some thoughts on that. If you want to send us some questions on Twitter, we're at the Besties Pod, and we'll, we'll answer those to the best of our ability at the at the Besties Pod on Twitter. They'll find the link. Um, thanks for listening. We really appreciate you. And uh, we're so we're so happy you've you've been with us. And be sure to join us again next time for the besties. Because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games? Steve.